Like the woman who came to Jesus there. My sins were so many, my load hard to bear. It seemed that there was no hope within. But all alone in my dark despair, Jesus came here. And guess where he met me? He met me right there. And mercy was found. And I was born again. Amen. It's good to be saved tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, this really, uh, I, I've prayed all day. I've been between two messages, and I'd love to go to the book of Acts and preach that message there. But I do believe God's really wanting to do something in somebody's heart tonight. I'm really burdened for somebody in here. And I do believe if you're here tonight and you're lost, uh, I do believe you can get saved tonight by God's amazing grace. Amen. And this kind of really doesn't line up with the with the, the the sermon, but or with the service so far. But it kind of does. Amen. I'm glad I'm not going to hell tonight. Amen. Amen. Take your Bible and go with me to Luke chapter number sixteen. Luke chapter number sixteen. Uh, as we stay, I preached this message before, but God birthed this message in my heart. And <clears throat> I used to go. I grew up down at Wilmot. Amen. And listen to that song I sung by uh, my aunt, and aunt, aunt Angie and my uncle Keith there. And uh, but I'll never forget Brother Austin, uh, that old church house. And I remember down in that basement, you'd come up and in that foyer, and there stood that water fountain. And Brother Jay Miller, I believe he made a sign. I believe it was him that made it. It said on that sign, "There will be no water in hell." And I remember as a young boy, Brother Austin, going up and going to that, uh, that water fountain and every time getting a drink of water, looking at that sign and it said, there will be no water in hell. Amen. And that's the truth tonight, friend. And I do believe God is wanting to do something tonight. But I want to remind you how important water is. Amen. Water's important tonight. Oh, uh, I fight fire. I'm a fireman by trade. And well, water's important to us. Amen. We have to have water, Brother Jesse. We have to have water put on the fire to get the fire out. Amen. So water is important tonight. Uh, but we see here in Luke chapter number 16 uh, by way of introduction, amen, uh, the Lord Jesus is talking uh, to the Pharisees here. And I want to start in verse number 19. He comes into a story. And it's really it's not a parable. It's a true and living story. Uh, this rich man right here, he's down in hell tonight friend. Uh, you drove over him coming here tonight, amen. You drove over hell tonight. Understand that with me. Hell's at the heart of the earth. Amen. And in this passage of Scripture, the Lord Jesus had not been to the cross of Calvary yet. And at that time, hell was, uh, there was hell over here. And then there was Abraham's bosom over here. There was a great gulf fixed in the middle. Amen. You couldn't go to and fro, but they could see over on the other side of each compartment. Amen. Understand that with me tonight. But uh, my friend, I want to show you something. When Jesus died and when He rose again, friend, when He was in the heart of the earth, He took all those Old Testament saints up out of there with Him. Him, amen. Hey, when he resurrected, that's why. Hey, the resurrection is important tonight, friend. It's important, and that's what happened. He brought all of them out of there with him, and guess what? Hell enlarged itself, and it's it's enlarging itself day by day. I'm under the uh, the burden tonight, friend. As I was studying this a little bit today, God rebirthed that burden in my heart. Oh, we get distracted by so many things, and there's groves dying and going to hell, friend. Church, we need a burden for the lost. Amen. We need a burden, hey, hey, to go out and witness uh, for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Uh, Our kinfolk are dying and going to hell. Our young people are dying and going to hell, friend. Dying off of drugs, dying off of alcohol. Amen. Hey, they're dying and going to hell. What are we doing about it, church? That's right, brother. Amen. What are we doing about it tonight? I tell you, I ain't doing enough, brother Austin. I ain't doing enough. I don't know about you, but from right here in this pulpit, this old boy ain't done enough. 
I've got enough, like you preach the other night, I've got enough blood on my hands, friend. I don't want no more blood. It's high time. Hey, we get in the ship and row the boat, friend. Hey, and we get a burden for the lost, our lost family members. Find ourselves in an old-fashioned altar and let our tears stain this altar, amen, up for our lost and dying loved ones, amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Luke chapter number 16, verse number 19. The Bible says this, There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen, and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores, and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. And the rich man died also died and was buried. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And said, Lazarus, they may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou, uh, that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed. So so that they which would not pass from hence uh, to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to, to my father's house, for I have five brethren, that, it, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into the place of torment. Abraham said unto him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses, and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Let us pray. Father, I come to you as a humble servant in Jesus' name, God, this evening. God, I pray, and I know you want to do a work here. God, I pray tonight, Lord, that the Holy Ghost of God, God, illuminate that lost soul, Lord, that's back, back there, Lord. I do believe that there might be one amongst us, God. God, that don't know you in the free pardon of sin. I, I pray tonight, God, that you just touch them, Lord. Oh, let them lay aside pride. Oh, let them find themselves an old-fashioned altar, uh, calling out unto you for salvation. Lord, if they be a church member here, God, that's a, a, a backslid on you. Lord, that's far from you. One that's just needing their burden back, God. I pray that you give it back to them, Father. I ask you, God, for your holy anointing. I pray for your unction, God. Preach to me. Preach through me. Preach around me. God, I ask these things in Jesus' holy name I pray. Amen and amen. Uh, the, the, the thought on our heart tonight, as we've already said, there will be no water in hell. Amen. Uh, well, the first thing I want to look at here is in verse number 24. The Bible says this, and he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And send last that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I'm tormented in this flame. Amen. We come to verse 24 there. We've already mentioned there's two folks in this in this story here Jesus is telling about. There's Lazarus and Lazarus his name means God has helped. Amen. And then you got rich man. The rich man was a self-righteous amen probably in this day and hour a self-righteous church member. Amen. Maybe just a self-righteous person that's got their faith and trust in their works and what they've done. Amen. Just somebody self-righteous. Amen. And we see that in his clothes and how the Lord describes that. He was a rich. I mean, not saying that, hey, that if you're poor, you, you're going to die and go to If you're rich, you're going to go to heaven. No. But how God puts it in here, he describes it as this. Uh, the rich man became the beggar. And then the beggar became the rich man. That's right. Amen. Amen. That's right. So we see here first thing first. 
We see the request that's made by this, this rich man in hell when he lifted up his eyes. The Bible says this so too. And it's already been talked about those loved ones that's went and gone on. The Bible says this appointed man wants to die. And after this, the judgment. Amen. So you've got an appointment. There's an appointment to be made. You're going to die. Hey, you might go by the grave. You might go by the rapture. But you're going to leave here one day. Amen. But we see here the request that's made in verse number 24. He says this, and he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And said, let me dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I'm tormented in his flame. We see here this request that was made. He cried and cried aloud. He was screaming, amen. But we'll notice who he cried to. He cried to Father Abraham. He cried to somebody who couldn't even help him, amen. If you're here lost tonight, the only one you need to cry to is the Lord Jesus Christ, Amen. I can't save you. Pastor can't save you. Amen. Brother David can't save you. Brother Jesse can't save you. Amen. Only the Lord Jesus Christ can save you tonight, friend. He's it. He's it tonight. So we see there he cried unto somebody who couldn't help him. Amen. And then look here. He says this on in that verse. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. What are you getting at, preacher? Well, he wanted mercy upon himself. He just wanted to get out of the situation that he was in. Mm. I remember a lot of times, Brother Austin, when I was lost playing church, and I'd be out on Saturday night, Friday night, and I'd say, God, I won't do that again. I ain't going to do it no more. And, and, and I, I just need you to help me out. And that's all I want, just get out of that situation I was in. I really didn't. Hey, it comes down to a matter of will, by the way. I really didn't want, I just want to get out of that situation, but I really didn't want to serve God. I really didn't want Him to be Lord of my life. Amen. I just wanted what I wanted at that time. The Bible says this in 2 Corinthians 17, For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. Amen. There is a big difference, Brother Austin. I'll never forget though, brother, when I got under deep Holy Ghost conviction. The first time I ever got under Holy Ghost conviction, friend, I was at Food City in Tennessee, Pigeonville, Tennessee, going to a bachelor party. I had a case of beer in my hand, Brother Austin. I had a wife and a one-year-old little girl at the house. I set that case of beer up on that register and something come over me. I didn't know what it was, friend. Hey, I didn't know what it was. And I'm very careful about telling my testimony. And I run a lot of rabbits, okay, but I'm trying to mind God. Because I don't want you to think you have to be that far out in sin to be lost tonight. That's right. Amen. That's right. You don't have to be out in sin like that to be lost. Amen. Right. You can sit on a church pew, be raised in church, be a good person, friend, and still be lost and die and go to hell. Right. There's many church members that's good people, friend, that are in hell tonight. That's right. Amen. But I'll never forget it, Brother Austin. Come under Holy Ghost conviction. You know why it was? Church was praying. People were praying. I told Brother Austin the other day, God gave this to me, I didn't really know I was going to use it in this message. But we have a saying kind of in, in the fire department at our trade, so goes the first line, so goes the fire. Meaning that, hey, if you get that first line in place, the chaos is less. May I say this tonight? So goes the prayer life of the church, so goes the church. Amen. When we as a church get to praying and begging God, say, sinners will be saved. Amen. Church will get right, friend. You won't have to worry about where they're at on Sunday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Amen, friend. Amen. But we see here, though, I never forget I got a Holy Ghost conviction because people were praying for me. And then God sent a Holy Ghost revival my way. Amen. 
I'm talking about a Holy Ghost revival. I'm talking about one where 23 souls got saved. You know why I think that 23 souls got saved and I was one of them? Because they had a burden. We had a burden, old Savannah. Amen. We may not have had a pastor at the time, but we had two deacons, friend, that had a burden to see lost folks get saved. Amen, friend. Hallelujah. I'll never forget, uh, I, I was lost, and I knew Brother Austin before he came here. And I'll get the message. Man, I'm just running rabbit. Amen. Trying to mind God. But I didn't want to be around him a lot because he had God on him. And then guess what? I come in the church house that Sunday night, that revival meeting started. And Brother Patrick O'Dell got up here under the anointing power and demonstrates the Holy Spirit of God and got to preaching this Bible. Amen, friend. I didn't know why I didn't want to be around it. Amen. It started adding up what was going on. I was on my way to hell. I was on my way to hell. And then guess what? Two nights later, Brother Patrick, he preached on that parable of the sower. Amen. That good ground, that stony ground. Amen, friend. Got in there in that parable. And then Brother Austin got up and he preached that. Hey, you, you can die and go to, go to hell off a church pew, friend. Preached his testimony. And I'll never forget it. Amen. I was laying in bed at night and that ringing my mind, ringing my mind. And I couldn't get away from it, Brother Austin. That's what the Holy Ghost does. He'll follow you home, friend. I thank God for that. Amen. And I remember, I remember getting up that Tuesday so confused. Didn't really know what was going on. All I know to do is get the Bible down. Got Matthew chapter number 7. And it said many in that day. Many. Amen. I was part of that many. I was part of that many. I began arguing with God saying, God, oh, I've done this and I've done that and I've done this and I've done God said, it doesn't matter what you do. It don't matter what I did on Calvary. Amen. 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 And by pride, Brother Austin, I shut that Bible and I said, I'm, I'm going to go in here. I'm going to get saved. And God said, no, you're not. Why? Because I still had pride in my heart. God had to get me to a place where I didn't care. And this is what I want to get to. Don't let pride take you to hell. Because there ain't no water there. That's part of one of them torments. And I'll get on in the mess in a minute. But God had to get me to a place where I thought I was just going to die and go to hell for church pew. Amen. And I'm not Calvinist by any means, Brother Austin. But it does take the drawing power of the Holy Ghost for you to get saved. Yes, you can't just wake up one day and say, I'm just going to get saved and that's it, friend. Right. That's that easy believism junk, amen. Right. That's that one, two, three, believe and pray after me, amen. But I'll never forget it. Brother Patrick got up. And he, got to, he, got to, he got to preaching and, and he preached on, I don't know why Jesus loves me, but I know that He does. That's all I remember from that message, the title of that message, Brother Austin. And then I remember standing back there three quarters of the way back, right behind the horn buckles back there. Me and my wife, my wife lost at the time. We both lost. We were just playing church. And I'll never will forget it, Brother Austin. Clearest day, the Holy Ghost of God came three quarters of the way back right there. Real simple. Spoke, he knows how to speak to each and every one of us tonight. He knows the hair on our head, friend. Amen. Spoke to me real simple, Brother Austin. Lost. Lost. One word, lost. Lost. And I had my flesh and the devil over here. Don't let them beat you out of getting saved tonight. 
Hey, I still believe God can save somebody on a Wednesday night. He's able tonight and He will if you're be obedient unto Him. But don't let your flesh and Satan beat you out of it. I'll never forget standing there, Brother Austin. Hey, the devil and the flesh, my flesh didn't want to go. And the devil's saying, what's your family going to think? You've told them this and you've told them that, amen. And I, by that point, Brother Austin, I didn't care what my family thought, friend. I hit my wife. I said, I'm lost. I made my way to an old-fashioned altar right here, friend. Got born again, friend. I believe I was saved for even got down here. That's how salvation works too, by the way. Amen. You ain't got to beg God to save you. He wants to save you. It's not His will that any should perish, but that all come to repentance, friend. You ain't got to beg God for hours to save you, friend. All you got to do is believe in your heart. Amen. In the Lord Jesus for salvation. Hallelujah. So He said here, I'm going back to my man. That's free, by the way. Amen. I hadn't got to preach since I had COVID. Hey, you might as well hold it. The cat brought out about three balls of water. Amen. But it's been good. I thank God for bringing us through it. Amen. Amen but we see here, he said, have mercy upon me. And he wanted, he wanted to get out of that himself. But it was too late for the, the hand of mercy of God. It was too late. Friend, if you die in your sins, Jesus paid that sin debt for you so you didn't have to go to hell. He took on your sin, your sin nature, for you, friend, because he loved you, friend. Amen? But it was too late for this rich man. Too late. Wanting water is too late. Amen? What we see here, when he said, Send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger and cool my tongue. Even his condition, he just wanted relief from what he was in. Those folks in hell tonight, they just want relief. They just want one drop of water. That's right. Just one drop. But they'll never get it. Why? Because it's too late. It's too late, church. They're dying by the groves going to hell. And when they get there, friend, it's too late. They'll, they'll not get out until the great white throne judgment. Brought before God and then sent to a lake of fire. Oh, God, help us tonight. Oh, God, help us. Yes. We see the reasoning for His cry here. He says, for I'm tormented in this flame. And we see the torments of hell. They're actually there right now. They have a... There's mental and physical torments. And we see that they have all five senses in this passage of Scripture here. They have their taste. They have their smell. They can hear. But most importantly and most of all, they can remember. Amen. If you're here tonight and you're lost and you die in your sins, you will remember this message. You'll remember every message. That somebody preached behind a pulpit or witnessed to you on a job. Amen. Or told you, at, uh, young people at school, about Jesus. Every track that somebody give you. Every time somebody come up to you and say, I'm praying for you. Jesus loves you. You will remember that in hell, friend. And that's one, probably I'd say the worst torment in hell. And they're there tonight. They're there tonight. Amen. That's Bible, friend. This ain't some mystical thing. It's real. It's literal. There's a literal hell tonight. So we see the reasoning for his cry. He was tormented. But also, we see that he had his memory there in verse number 25. But Abraham, but Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he's comforted, and thou art tormented. But look here. We see this, the result of, of this request. We see here in verse number 26. And beside all this, between us and you, there's a great gulf fixed, so that they which... Uh, would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. So we see three things here in verse number 25. One, we see separation. 
We see separation. Separation from what, preacher? We see separation, number one, from the Lord Jesus Christ. From God Almighty, amen, we see separation. Number two, you see separation from all those you loved. All those that died in the faith. Amen, all those that, amen, that truly got born again, or truly born again, friend, you're separated from them. Separation. I know it'd get real quiet right here, it's okay. And I, I asked God, I said, God, I don't know about this, this Wednesday night crowd. God said, I didn't call you to be me, I called you to preach my word. I don't know your heart tonight. But I do know one thing. I don't want you to die and go to hell. Stand behind this pulpit burden tonight. I don't know who it is for you. I don't want you to go to hell tonight. God's too good. Heaven's too sweet. Oh, it's too sweet to miss. But we see here the separation. We see the severance, friend. The severance from a holy God in heaven who loves us. He gave His only begotten Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Was born of a virgin. God manifest wrapped up in the flesh, friend. Came down from heaven, friend, uh, for a little while, 33 and a half years. Did many wonderful works and did all these things. But most importantly, most of all, He took our sin debt on Calvary's tree. Paid that sin debt that me and you couldn't pay. That I could not pay, friend. You read about it there in Luke 23 and all throughout the Gospels how he went to Pilate's hall and into Herod's hall and over there in Isaiah it prophesies of Messiah to come about how he's led the sheep to the slaughter and how he took all those beatings and those stripes for me and you, friend. If you read Psalm 22, we can get a pure picture of how his human side felt when he was on the cross. It says, my, my jaw claveth to my mouth and his heart was melted as wax, friend. Why did he do all that because He loves you tonight. Because He loves you enough because He don't want you to die and go to hell. Amen. So we see here that severance from a holy God. And you, amen, you see this, the last thing here, the seclusion. You see the seclusion from what? Peace and joy and rest. There's no peace out in the world. There's no peace being lost. No peace. No peace, constant turmoil. You say, how do you know, preacher? I've been there. I told you my testimony. I'm a witness of that. You that have been saved know exactly what I'm talking about. There's no peace in being lost. Amen. Sometimes as Christians, we let the devil just take our peace from us. Amen. We blame the devil too much for too many things, Brother Austin. The devil can't be at my house and his house at the same time. We deal with what? The flesh. And we let our flesh hey, just, just run rapid. Yeah. Amen. If you ain't got peace tonight, child, God, you can get it back. Amen. Amen. Real simple. Just come to Jesus. Amen. But we see there's no joy in being lost. No joy at all. And there's no rest. But I want you to know there's no water in hell tonight. But the good thing of it is, Brother Austin, He don't leave you in that shape and you ain't got to go there. As them young people, oh, it blessed my heart. 
Sunday morning to see them young people get up and sing for God's glory and to see them too walk that aisle, friend. Uh, Like he said tonight, it's blessed my heart all week. Amen. Every time I think about it, God has moved and I believe God's wanting to do something here, brother. I I, I was telling uh, my in-laws coming down the road, I said, I feel anticipation. God wanting to do something, friend. Not nothing bad, but something good. Amen. He's wanting to do something, church. Amen. But you see here, there is a way out of that. There's a way out of hell. Who's that through? The Lord Jesus Christ. What He told you tonight, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, For by grace are you saved through faith. Amen. In who? Jesus. Amen. Uh, John 14 and 6, He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man come to the Father but by me, friend. He's the only way. And then I think about this, uh, the remedy for this thirst, for this rich man here. But you see, he ain't going to have no remedy. He's in hell tonight, but you have a remedy. And as those young people say, and his name's Jesus. I immediately think of, when I think about this remedy, I think of over there in John chapter number 4, where that Samaritan woman came to the well. Amen. And she had her water pot there. And Jesus told her here in John 4, 13 through 14, He said, Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. Talking about that water there at that well. But then He goes on and says, Yes, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him, praise God, I shall never thirst. Amen. Never thirst. Amen. And He says this, But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water, springing up into everlasting life. Romans 10, 9 through 10 says this, That if thou shalt confess thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart God and raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation, friend. There is a remedy tonight. You don't have to die and go to hell, friend. Old person, young person, mom, dad, whoever you are, church member. Hey, it ain't in a water baptism. It ain't in a, it ain't in a church membership. It ain't about anything you've done, friend. It's all in Jesus, friend. And it's available tonight just for you. I'm like what Brother Patrick said, and I got saved. I don't know why Jesus loves me, but I know that he does. Miss Mar, if you care to come and get a song on the piano. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Nobody looking around. Pastor, it's your I'm turn it over to you. Church, if you need to do business with God, if you're here and lost, and need to get saved, be a good night to get saved. I love you, church. I appreciate you. Stand with me tonight, every head bowed, every eye closed. Brother Matt's preaching that message. It took me back a few years. I remember the first time I preached out in Robbinsville, North Carolina. I went to a little church called the Old Mother Church. I didn't know them people, and I didn't know that pastor really, but he called me to come, and I went down there, and I was like Brother Matt. I had a message on hell. And I remember going down there, and I got behind that pulpit and God got on me and began to preach on the reality of hell and I experienced something in that church that I'd never experienced before as I began to preach on those truths just as Brother Matt's preached to us tonight those people in those pews began to weep I remember looking out from that pulpit and I remember seeing mamas weeping over their children in the middle of the pew 
I remember being able to look back through that church and seeing the tears from the pulpit running down their face. I remember in the middle of the message, they began to cry out, Oh God, oh God. They came to an altar, wept their way to Christ, wept over their sons and they wept over their daughters. They wept over their friends and they wept over their co-workers. Wasn't too long down the road, God sent a revival of that church. And I can't remember all that God done. I don't even remember how many souls got saved. I don't really keep count of it. That's the Lord's business. But their souls got saved. And I believe some of them people they, they was praying for in that meeting got born again in that revival. And I said that to say this. If you're here tonight and you're saved, and this is my prayer tonight. This is what I ask God for sitting on the pew. Lord, give me my tears back for lost sinners. Lord, give me a burden like I've never had before for lost sinners. That is the responsibility of the church. We was talking the other day. There was a, we had a family member got saved Sunday morning that we'd been praying for. My children been praying for her name is on that prayer wall back there. She got born again. And our kids, they pray for her every time they pray. And, and we began to ask them, who do you want to pray for now? Boy, that's a good feeling. To check one off the list and say, who do you want to pray for now? And they began to name a name. And as soon as they said that name, God, the Holy Ghost just sat down in my heart. God convicted me and said, you hadn't had a burden for him. Said, you know that he needs to be saved, but you hadn't had a burden for him. Church, if you're here and you're saved tonight, let me remind you that hell is still a real place and everything Brother Matt preached is yea and amen. But tonight, you have the answer you've been saved by God's grace, you can point them to Jesus and tell them that it's real. May we tonight as the church come back to the place that we say, Lord, give me tears again. Lord, give me a burden again. Lord, give me a burning desire. To get a hold of the horns of the altar. Not just to come when the preacher asks. But God give me a true burden. To pray for those that are lost. To get a hold of the horns of the altar. And not let go Lord until you do. What we've asked you to do. Is there somebody tonight that God's put on your heart? Is there somebody tonight that as brother Matt was preaching. Tonight through the altar call that God the Holy Ghost has brought to your attention. Would you come tonight and would you give a part of your life and get a hold of God tonight for them. They're like that man that the four carried in Mark chapter number 2. They cannot carry themselves right now. They need somebody that knows the way to pray for them. And if you're here tonight in this building and you've never been saved... Oh, friend, if you've never been to Calvary, 
Young, old, middle-aged alike, church member or not a church member tonight, if you've never been saved by God's amazing grace, let me plead with you tonight. Don't wait too long. Don't put it off another night. Don't wait until next Sunday. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. Get in while the Lord is here. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah, Seek ye the Lord while He may be found. Call ye upon Him while He is near. Oh, while the door gracious swung wide, Jesus may come back tonight before we're able to come on Sunday. Would you come and get in and get born again? With arms of mercy, with arms of grace, with a sweet Holy Ghost speaking in words of love and compassion, He's wooing you to come to Him. Your heart's beating in your chest right now. The Holy Ghost made you very well aware of it. I believe not there's somebody in this building. You've been presented heaven or hell. God of the devil. You've been presented saved or lost. You know where you stand with Him right now. Would you come and get in? There is tonight one good thing about hell. That is that you don't have to go. Jesus made a way of Calvary for you. For you and I, who are unworthy and unfit to go to heaven, He made a way that we could be clothed in His righteousness, made like unto Him, and go to heaven tonight. Father, in Jesus' name, we come to you tonight. Oh, thank you for the Word of God tonight. Thank you for reminding us of what it costs when we don't do what we're supposed to do. Thank you for reminding us of the reality of a place called hell. Lord, I pray tonight that you would bring our tears for lost sinners back. God, I've heard of them days gone by when mamas and daddies would weep and cry over their children and cry over their family members in an altar. Lord, I've heard about it, even experienced it in part. When saints would come and the altar would be wet with tears. Lord, I pray tonight that you would bring us back to that place. Oh God, remove the hardness and the complacency of our heart. Help us to realize that there are people, people that we know, people that we love, that are dying and are going to hell. I pray tonight if there's somebody in this building, Lord, that's not saved, I pray tonight you draw them by mighty power right now. I pray, oh God, that you'd persuade them and convince them. I pray, Lord, that you'd help them to lay aside their pride and to lay aside what everybody will think. And help them tonight to take a step out in the aisle and come to you. Oh, God, I pray tonight. Speak to their heart in such power that they cannot deny that it's you, Lord. Give them a tender heart to receive you. Oh, God, the devil's on one shoulder doing everything he can do to convince them to stay. God, I pray that for just a few minutes, 
that you'd put him at bay and persuade him by mighty power. Lord, it is the burden of my heart as the pastor of this church that not one soul comes into this building, sits on a church pew and dies and goes to hell. Lord, remove anything in my life and in the life of this church that would keep sinners from getting saved. Lord, the world's distracted us with all kinds of things. When we come down to the end, there's one thing that's going to matter. Help us to remember that. Bring our tears back. Bring our burden back, God. Save our children that's coming to the age of accountability. Touch those tonight that are right at the age of accountability. Maybe some of them's even come to the place that you've convicted their heart, but yet they're swaying. They're one foot in, one foot out. They haven't made their decision yet. Lord, I pray tonight, increase their faith. Let them come to you. Touch their mamas and daddies. Help them to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost in the life of their children. God, tonight I pray. When we wake up in the morning, may that burden that you put on our heart tonight, may it be as fresh and may it be as new as it is tonight. That person that you put on my heart and the person you put on the heart of these people, let it be fresh again tomorrow. May we determine with great persistency that we will not let go of you until we see them saved. Lord, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. J. Harold Smith, one of the great evangelists of days gone by, preached a great message called God's Three Deadlines. You've never listened to it. You need to get on YouTube and listen to God's Three Deadlines. J. Harold Smith was a man of God that was used all across this nation. He was a, a great influence to many of the great preachers that are even of our day. Brother Greg Lentz will mention him oftentimes. If you remember the revival two years ago, Brother Greg Lentz mentioned, mentioned going by J. Harold Smith's office and talking with him. J. Harold Smith was saved because he had a sister that loved God. J. Harold Smith was a wicked man when he was lost. He doesn't like most young men they got out in the world. He was drinking and carousing and doing all kinds of wicked things. But he had a sister that knew God that loved God. J. Harold Smith said he came home one day and said he walked in the door and said his sister was behind the couch and he said she is praying there behind that couch and she is begging God saying, Oh, God save my brother. He said he fell under conviction and he ran out of that house and he went back and he'd done whatever he'd done. He came back a few hours later, came back in the house. He thought she'd be in the bed. But as he walked through the door, he began to hear them same words. Oh, God, save my brother. 
He run out again, went, stayed gone most of through the night. He came back in the wee hours of the morning almost at dawn. And he said, surely she's done fell asleep by now. Surely I can go in the house in peace. But as he walked through the door, he heard his sister saying, Oh God, I won't give up from here until you save my brother. Lord, I'll stay here and pray until he gets born again. And if I remember correctly, the way the story goes is J. Harold Smith fell down under the sound of the prayers of his sister and he got born again he got saved by God's amazing grace I'm not saying you got to do what she done but I'm saying may we get that same kind of heart about us that we won't let anything stop us from carrying the burden that God puts in our life to Jesus because hell is a real place and people really do die and go to hell it's not a religious cliche that we use to scare people to coming to church or scare people to make in a decision for Christ but it is tonight reality it is the burden of our heart it is why we preach it is why we press on because hell is a real place and nobody I don't want anybody to go there tonight there's been people in my life that I disliked can I get an amen but I've never met anybody that I want to see die and go to hell May God help us tonight to not lose sight of what Brother Matt's preached to us so well tonight. And if you're here in this building, friend, I don't mean to tarry on or carry on. I don't mean to drag out the service. I know it's Wednesday night and you've got to get up and go to work tomorrow and these kids got to go to school. But I'm telling you, if you're here tonight and you need to be saved, I wouldn't wait any longer. If I knew what I know now, friend, I'd have got saved as a young man. I wouldn't have done the things I did. I'd have got saved the first time God the Holy Ghost blowed by in my life and convicted me. I wouldn't have wrestled with God like I did. Paul even said, speaking of the princes of this earth, if they only knew, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. If Pilate would have knew, Brother David, that one day he'd lift his eyes in hell, he would have stood there and he would not have cared what Rome thought and he would not have cared what the Jews thought. He would have said, let him go. He's the Savior. If my friend Caiaphas would have knew that Jesus was the Messiah, the one they was longing and looking for, he would not have done what he'd done, friend. If that crowd that stood there at the cross that day, if they only knew, friend, they would not have cried, crucify him crucify him and tonight we have the clearest message that any generation has ever had we have the word of God teaching us of the birth the life the death the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ clear as day the gospel message so simple so plain and clear and then you tonight look around and you see people in this church that are not just telling the gospel, but it's changed their life. That's a twofold testimony that God's worked in your life. Won't you get in tonight? Miss Madison wants to sing one more verse. If you don't come tonight, we're going to go home. I'm like Brother Matt, I feel a, I feel something in my soul. God's wanting to do something great right here tonight.
this is where I've always struggled in the ministry. When this burden comes, I mean, you just won't go grab people and get them, get them saved. That's the way we feel. Don't work that way. Jesus has done his part on Calvary. The preacher's done his part tonight. The Holy Ghost has done his part by coming by your way and taking the word of God that was preached from the mouth of his servant and saying what he said was yea and amen and you need to get saved tonight. And the only thing missing is you responding. Saying, yes, Lord, I need to be saved. Taking a step out of your pew coming to an old-fashioned altar and saying, God, I'm a sinner. And I believe Jesus died on Calvary for me. And saying from the depths of your heart, not from your mind and not just from your lips, Lord, save me. While she sings, would you come tonight? Would you slip out of your pew while she begins to sing right now? Would you come get born again? Come right now. For the world that's lost in darkness, for the saint who's gone astray, for the sinner blind but searching, for the child in need of faith, for the homeless and forsaken, for the hungry and the cold, for the prisoner and the captive, for the young and for the old, there is for every sin sick soul there is a cure for all all the pain and hurt and wrong there is a solution for all the problems deep inside there is a remedy and his name is Jesus Christ I want to say this before we close. If you're listening by way of Facebook, I don't know if anybody's still tuned in or not, but if you're listening tonight by way of Facebook, God the Holy Ghost spoke to your heart. You can bow where you're at tonight and accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. The Holy Ghost of God's come into your living room or come to where you're at. He's knocking on your heart's door, as we say, convicted you of your sin. You don't have to wait on the preacher. You can bow where you're at, confess that you're a sinner. And ask Jesus to save you. Salvation is of the Lord. I promise you tonight he can meet you where you're at. Church, I love you tonight. Thank you for being here. Brother Matt, wonderful message tonight. Thank God for you. And I pray. I'm praying for myself. Lord, don't let that burden leave. Don't let me forget the burden. I know my flesh tonight. My flesh is easily distracted. I'm like a squirrel most of the time. I'm trying to get nuts out of this tree, but there's nuts in that other tree. And I'm bouncing from tree to tree sometimes. And I have to say, Lord, help me to stay right here until you get done here. Many of us are like that. It's part of our flesh. We're easily distracted. We have to shift gears in our life so many times we wake up in the morning, we go to work, we come home, we shift gears, we become a husband, we shift gears again, we become a daddy, we become a mama. We have to shift gears in many different aspects of our life. 
It's part of our nature. But may God help us to keep that burden and for that zeal to continue on in our life. I'm telling you, God honors it when his people are persistent and consistent. Let me say this, and I'll be done. I'll do my best to hush and quit right now. That Syrophoenician woman, she came to Jesus. Jesus hadn't come to anybody but the Jews at that time. And the Bible says that that Syrophoenician woman came, and she asked the Lord to help her, and he said, it's not meat to give the dogs meat from the children's table. But you know what? She didn't give up. She was persistent. I preached a message. It's been several years ago here in this church. When desperation meets determination, and may God help us to come to that place tonight. Just as that Syrophoenician woman, that our desperation to see lost sinners meets our determination that we press on in prayer, praying for them, loving one another, and praying for each other, that God would take our church and use it, that the power of God would be in our midst, that when sinners come in, they experience the power of God and the convicting power. That's what it takes to save sinners. Amen. It don't take a good preacher. It don't take a great choir. It takes the power of God. Amen. I love you, church. Thank God for each one of you. Yes, brother. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. What's that? Praise the Lord to Wayne Bradley's daughter. Praise the Lord. Put on there, save me. Amen. To God be the glory. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm telling you, God can do it. Amen. Amen. God bless you, Miss Vicky. You trust the Lord. You need help. You message us on Facebook. They'll get the message to us. One of us will contact you. One of us will help you. Our phone number's on there. God bless you tonight. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's pray tonight. Brother Alvin, will you stand and lead us in prayer? You pray for that dear lady too tonight. God bless you, church. Look forward to seeing you Sunday. Stay behind the plow.